today on the Tearsheet Podcast. When you look out at the landscape uh, for, for financial services companies, whether you're a, a large money center in uh, fintech or an asset manager, the, the migration to a more connected platform is really, in, in my opinion, the, uh, the gateway to growth in the future. Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm Tearsheet Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. Today's guest is David Donovan, Executive Vice President at Publicis Sapien. He leads the firm's North American financial services practice. Publicis Sapien is a domain-led digital consultancy, working with many of the major banks, and that gives David a good view into what's going on strategically and operationally on the ground in banking. David shares how he sees bank adoption of embedded finance and platforms as a critical growth avenue in the future. Large money centers can take a page out of big tech's playbook. Consumers want their favorite brands to be connected. With all the data and services they offer, banks have the opportunity to create an invisible fabric around their customers, helping them feel that their bank is their personal CFO and there for them throughout their financial lives. Publicis Sapien is a sponsor of Tearsheet's upcoming Embedded Conference. Join us. Go to tearsheet.co and click on Events at the top. Here's my discussion with David Donovan. My name is David Donovan, and I'm an executive vice president with Publicis Sapient. I lead our financial services business in North America. Publicis Sapient is a digital consulting firm that helps its clients reimagine their businesses to be successful in the future, leveraging emerging technologies and data. That's awesome. And, and Publicis Sapient um, is a sponsor of the upcoming Embedded Conference. I want to thank you, Dave, and, and the organization for, for, for supporting Tearsheet in this endeavor. And I, I think the topic is so relevant to, uh, to some of the most important, it, it is one of the most important topics in finance today. Absolutely. And we, we really appreciate having the opportunity to sponsor the conference. The uh, Embedded Finance is something that's uh, a, a key strategic theme for, for certainly um, Publicis Sapient and especially within financial services, uh, because I feel like that's, when you look out at the landscape uh, for, for financial services companies, whether you're a, a large money center in uh, FinTech or an asset manager, the, the migration to a more connected platform is really, in, in my opinion, the, uh, the gateway to growth in the future. So if I'm uh, Jamie Dimon, take for example, or or another you know top CEO of, of one of the big money center banks, get you on the phone, Dave. You've got a great perspective on what's going on. You've been in the industry for a long time. You're working with a lot of our competitors. What what do we do to grow this thing? What, how how do you answer? So for me, it's very simple. I think that for large money centers like J.P. Morgan, they have to think about how they're going to grow their earnings and. For me, I look at banks and I feel like they've been on the defensive. They're, they're a prisoner to interest rates. They're a prisoner to variables outside of their control. And I think when you look at, they could take a, a page from, from big technology in that they need to understand that they can be, they can create a connected platform. Consumers want their brands to all be connected, whether you're in finance or whether you're in retail or auto, they want all their favorite brands to be connected in a very seamless, transparent way that's gonna create valuable services for them. So JP Morgan being an iconic bank with tons of data and tons of customers, 
what I would tell Jamie Dimon is that to create this connected platform where you build an invisible fabric around the customer and you take services to where the customer wants to be, wants to have those services consumed. Because I feel like people think about banking when they're doing other things. They think about banking when they're shopping or, or when they're planning travel or, or when they're out with their friends. And you need to create this invisible fabric around, around the customer so that they can feel like their bank is their personal CFO that sits in their po pocket at all times and helps them to live a vibrant life. Tearsheet's Embedded Conference is an event that brings together financial institutions, technology players, and other firms from industries outside of finance adopting financial services. It isn't about banks versus non-banks. The Embedded Conference is about collaboration and tapping into the best each player in the ecosystem can offer. The nature of the financial institution is changing. Embedded finance turns every app, software, retailer, and business into a bank, and people are responding in kind. With the uptake of embedded finance, consumers are showing that they want to bank with the brands they love. We've got a star-studded lineup of senior leaders from Goldman Sachs, Marketa, Galileo, Q2, and so many more presenting on the future of embedded finance. To learn more and register, go to tearsheet.co and click on events in the top navigation. So, so how many... How do you reckon, how, how many CEOs are thinking along these terms right now? Uh, well, I'm not privy to how the CEOs are talking about this because I'm um, you know, not in those conversations as much, but mm -hmm. um, I would hope that they're thinking this way. I think that personally, if I had to, you know, I, I look at, there are, there are a couple banks out there that get it. They understand that they need to partner with large user bases they need to create this, this invisible fabric. They need to create very personal moments. Um, you know, Goldman Sachs is one of those that comes to mind. You know, they, the, the platform they've created, uh, the fact that they're partnering with iconic brands like Apple, Car, Apple and they created the Apple Card, uh, Amazon for small business. They're partnering with Walmart now on, on, small, on, uh, on mm -hmm. uh, small business loans. They've, they've created a platform around customers. And, and what's interesting is like, let's just take Apple Card, for example. Apple Card has been in existence for a year and they've already signed up, um, I think 3 million customers, which is almost a third of what like USAA uh, has for a credit portfolio. And you think about USAA has a very impressive credit portfolio, but that just goes, gives you the, it, it's an, a great example of the power of, of um, two iconic brands partnering together and leveraging technology to create uh, a much more seamless experience and a need for, for their consumer base. And so we've spoken about the bank side. What do you think about the brand side, the other apples out there, other iconic brands? Um, do you see a growing interest in, in, in adoption of other financial services for these brands? Is everybody going to be a bank or, you know, play in the sandbox after a while? Yes, I believe so. I, I think technology has created this connected tissue when, when, uh, when it's augmented with a strategy and, when you, you, and, you, and then when you use data, you can create immersive experiences for your customer base. You know, if you think about, um, I'll give you a great example, which is really cool, which is um, a company called Acorns, which I'm sure you're, you're familiar with. Sure which is around micro investing. And what's interesting is it's a very seamless service. And so you can 
you can actually save. It's like, it's like a robo-advisor with a very immersive experience for consumers. But what's interesting is they've also partnered with many uh, many brands across verticals. So, you know, the other day I got a, an email because I'm a, I'm a customer of Acorns just because I'm fascinated with the business model. And, um, and not that I think I'm going to save a lot of money with them, but it's interesting is that I'm seamlessly saving because they're taking, you know, they're rounding up my change. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, they're putting like $5 a week into this, you know, uh, robo advisor that I've set up. But here's the cool part. I got an email the other day from, from Acorns, not, not from the retailer, but, it, but in the email, Acorn says Nike is going to, um, Nike is running a special today where they're going to kick back 10% of anything bought at Nike and put into your investment account. And it had just one simple button that you could click. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, you know, I need a new pair of sneakers for the gym. So I click on the button and it takes me right into the Nike e-commerce website. I scan the e-commerce website. I find a pair of sneakers I like. I buy the sneakers. Everything's seamless. I don't touch anything. Like I don't. I don't pull out my credit card. I don't. You know, this, I'm not wiring money. It's just. It's just point and click. The sneakers are coming to my house, and Nike. The sneakers were $150. Nike kicked back $15 into my investment account, and it was all handled through APIs uh, driven by Acorns. And so it just goes to show you that these seamless connected experiences, that, you know, this invisible fabric that we talk about, this is gonna be, this is gonna continue to prolificate as, as, uh, as time goes on. And this is what customers are gonna expect their experiences to be like. So whether it be going to a gas station, filling up your car and your, your, your car, you, will, you will never have to pull out a credit card. You'll, you'll be charged. Um, instantly, almost like Uber, you'll have an account set up where you'll be able to be charged right away or like what Tesla's doing where they're, where when you buy a, uh, a Tesla, you automatically get insurance embedded into the, into the sale. You know, you're going to continue to see more options like that. One of the biggest financial institutions that I think people don't even understand is Starbucks. You know, Starbucks has this app that, you know, I go into, I don't even, when I go into Starbucks, I go into Starbucks and really, really just pick up my coffee. I, start to walk towards the, towards the Starbucks. Um, I, I walk towards Starbucks. I open the app. I, I, I punch the coffee I want, and then I punch checkout. And then I walk, and then when I walk into the Starbucks, they hand me the coffee, all the, tr the whole transactions already taken care of. And so to me, that's what the world is moving towards. And that's the, and that's also the opportunity for, for banks because banks certainly have a lot of information on customers. I think customers trust banks. Uh, there's there's a, a brand of trust and there's a brand of, of security there. So they have an opportunity, but if they don't take advantage of that opportunity, then they'll be disintermediated. I got it. So I, I wanna stick with the, the customer perspective. I remember Dove Marmor, uh, who used to be at Green Dot, who's now at Rails Bank in, in North America, used to say that like eventually, uh, you know, people want to bank with the brands that they love. Um, how, does that resonate with you? Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons why big technology is starting to um, get involved in, in financial services. I think for two reasons. One is they don't want their workflow broken up in their, in their core business, which I think they, they look at, um, banking in its in its current state and they and they want they feel like there's a little bit of dysfunction 
from their business, from, from you, know, to, you know, breaking up the workflow in their business. I also think they see the opportunity to disrupt those, that business. And if you think about it, it's a very, it's a very, um, you know, from a, from a return on investment, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity for, for enterprises mm -hmm. to, um, you know, to grow their business. You, you mentioned Starbucks before, and I, I, I don't, I haven't seen an updated number, but I know a couple of years ago that they were saying like there was three or $4 billion or something on the of stored value in, in their, in, in that app, which would make it a, I think a top hundred bank in the U S is that right? It, yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. They're one of the, they're one of the best examples of, of a fortune 500 company using modern architecture, using, you know, uh, intuitive front ends and, and APIs to grow their earnings. I mean, they're, they're a you know, you think about it, they're, they're, they were, they're in the coffee business, but they're also now in the finance business. And yeah, to walk funny. into a Starbucks and not have to sit in that line to literally walk in, I almost feel like that's, they've looked at COVID as an, as an, you know, obviously COVID is a terrible situation and, 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 you know the destruction it's done is 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 heartbreaking. But I think what Starbucks has done is they've looked at the situation and said, if we can create traffic flow where people are just coming in and picking up their coffee and doing nothing else, we're not they're not sitting in line, they're not they're not getting um, stuck doing the transaction itself. They can just come in and and use the app. Then then that can be you know a, you know a positive. Um, you know, I don't want to say a it, it, nothing's positive out of out of COVID, but it's it's showing how pe how how companies are adapting to the situation. And Dave, I, I know you like to look at the market through two lenses. You know, the investor and partner to financial um, institutions. And and we started out this conversation with sort of the you you wearing your investor hat about how to grow how to grow these large organizations. How about from a partner perspective? You know, if, if you are going to take the route of opening up and becoming more of a platform. Um, what, what's the playbook to get there? So I think this is the, the really exciting part for me as, a, as a, someone who's leading a business unit here at Publisa Sapien. Emerging technology is, is so intuitive and, and it's going to change the way businesses interact with each other, the way businesses interact with consumers. But it's also going to, you know, you look at like um, bank as a service and, and you've had a lot of really unique firms come on come on your show uh whether it be galileo or marketo or synapse and what they're able to do is they're able to create this gateway from the legacy technology of banking through apis through banks as a service and and create this ability for um experiences to be connected and for publicist sapient that's that's what we try to do so we're trying to upskill the, the, the architecture within these enterprises, whether it be through data management, because you know, one of the things that's, that's um, consistent with all banks is that they have siloed businesses, which means that the data is very siloed. And what we're trying to do is unlock that data, create, um, you know, create one single layer of data so that these banks or asset managers or FinTech can use that data in a very positive way to create better experiences for their clientele. So from, from a publicist sapient perspective, we want to be that connected tissue. We want to be able to unlock the value that we think is, is in these institutions, whether it be embedded now that just hasn't been unlocked or 
by creating it, leveraging you know modern technology. So, I, I guess the ecosystem that you're describing, Dave, you know these these large banks are are continuing to run their you know D to C business, servicing and customers while also learning, you know, taking a lesson from Amazon and opening up, becoming a platform. Um, do, do you see banks taking like a, a more radical approach or just, just becoming pure pipes? I think that's the, that's where they're headed if they don't become, uh, if they don't go on the offensive. Mm. So again, using Goldman or BBVA, those, those institutions have figured out that they want to be in control of their destiny. They want to create that that platform that creates that, that immersive experience. They wanna be connected to large user bases so that you can, you can bring out the best in services. It's all about controlling the homepage. And I think Amazon's business model has kind of proven that, right? So you look at banks, if, if, if JP Morgan is the, is, the, is the biggest bank by market cap, they're at 300 billion. Well, Amazon's at a trillion. So they are showing you that the real, and at the end of the day, let's be, let's be honest, these companies want to grow. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the best way for them to grow and then also create brand value is to create these, these connected ecosystems where they either produce those services internally or they partner you know, with, with third party um, partners to white label the services. You know, I think Amazon's shown that, you know, you can do some things yourself. You can partner on some things. I mean, Apple, same thing. Apple has the app, you know, the app store. They're, Apple's going to do, you know, as much business and services as they've done in hardware. I mean, they're becoming a services company. And I think that's, that's the key to growth, no matter what business you're in, in my, in my view. And do you see a coming wave of consolidation? And, and by that, I mean, uh, do you see these big banks either acquiring fintechs, like sort of the front end parts of these businesses, or even acquiring some of the standalone, um, like uh, embedded platforms, like the Galileos, like SoFi did with Galileo. Yes, I definitely think that's going to happen. I think 2021 will be a very interesting year. I think it's going to be a huge M&A year because for one, uh, the regulators have not allowed banks to return capital to shareholders. So you're not seeing buybacks, you're not seeing an increase in dividends. And in some ways, that's a that's a good thing. I know that's not the the driver for why they did it. They did it because they want to make sure that banks are very liquid, especially if they're putting a lot of reserves in place against bad debt. But I feel like hopefully as as time goes by and we're able to recover from the COVID situation, banks are going to have a better understanding and visibility as to what uh, what their exposure is. And then they'll be able to hopefully go on the offensive, which means I mean, that hopefully they'll start to use their capital to grow their earnings in a, in, in a, in a productive way. And that could be M&A. I mean, you saw Morgan Stanley. So it's interesting. Morgan Stanley's business strategy is very different from a Goldman business strategy. So Goldman's very much around building this platform of invisible fabric with the customer being in the center. Morgan Stanley is saying, let's, let's uh, acquire firms that will help us in, in the fee revenue business. So they're looking for captured, captured assets. They bought uh, E-Trade, mm -hmm. they bought uh, Eaton Vance. So they're looking at it from, they're saying, you know what, assets under management, fee income, it's very stable. It's, it's not as risky as some of the other banking activities of lending and, and some of the other you know, 
more risky, more risky business uh, initiatives. So they're taking a different tact, which is interesting. It's, but, but what I like about what Morgan Stanley's doing is they have a strategy. And I think that's what's important is what's your strategy? I think every investor should be asking their financial institution when they, when they look to invest in that, in that financial institution is how are you leveraging digital technology to advance your strategy instead of just saying, oh, we're going to transform our business. Yes, you're going to transform your business, but what's the end game? And I think that's where Goldman has been, is doing a really great job. They're leveraging technology, but they're also creating this, this platform. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, we, we have seen Morgan Stanley make those two big acquisitions. Um, yeah. And it shows for- you that not one strategy, it doesn't have to be one strategy, but you have to have some, you have to have a strategy. Right. Um, I have a question for you. And this is, this is a weird one. This comes sort of out of left field, but um, you know, with all the, you know, FinTech SPACs la- launching, um, or you go out and you start your own company. What 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 is Dave Donovan like? Where's the what kind of company do you start if you're given the resources to do a startup right now? I I would want to start a, a company that um, well for me I'm I'm a, I don't want to say I'm a bleeding heart but I I I I would want to have a company that um, has a that's based off of a culture and and a, and a set of value mm-hmm. um, and and a company that's going to create a greater good for, for consumers. So whether that be an education company, because I feel like, you know, education is a, is a huge gap in our, in our, uh, in our country right now, um, in the way that there's inequality in, in, in the, uh, the way education is delivered. So for me, if I was going to do something, it would be around financial literacy, actually, you know, because I feel like if we're able to help, uh, a greater, um, community of people become more financially literate. And what I mean by that is understanding a checking account, understanding debits and assets and liabilities, and how how you can build for a future, how you can save for retirement, how you can save for for a vacation or for or for a house. You know, to me, that would be the type of fintech company I would want to be involved in. I would want to be involved in because I feel like finance, financial health leads to leads to a better life. Let's, you know, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just a fact. If you, if you feel like you're on a good financial footing, then, then you're, you know, you're probably going to be less anxious and you're, and hopefully you'll be able to enjoy your life. So that, so for me, it would be about creating a FinTech that is, creates personal expense, uh, per- personal experiences for, for their client base and also helps them solve problems. I like that answer. Dave, looking forward to seeing you at the Embedded Conference and the rest of Publicis Sapient there. Zach, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the time and uh, love what you're doing.